Before we jump in, I want to tell everybody about this fantastic organization, Spark. Spark was an organization founded by Akil Clark in 2018, right here in Des Moines, Iowa. Its main goal was to provide free books for kids whose parents couldn't afford to buy them books. To date, Spark has distributed about 5,000 books throughout the Des Moines community, but now Spark is looking to take its efforts nationwide. And with your help, we can create the largest free youth book club in all of America. Please check out sparkfndn.org to learn more about the organization, but also check the link on the description. I run a screen printing business called Neighborhood Twit, and we have pressed up a few Spark designs for sale, and 100% of the proceeds or the profits from each sale of these Spark items will directly benefit the Spark Foundation. So check it out. Hey, welcome to The Only Chip in the Cookie. I'm your host, Larry from Iowa. Guys, it's been a while. Sorry for the wait, but thank you for tuning in. I want to give a shout out to everybody that's been listening to the past 11 or so episodes thanks to everyone that's been visiting the website neighborhood twit dot i can't talk today neighborhood twit.com and ordering shirts and merchandise and the apparel and really just supporting the podcast thank you so much your support means a lot to me man i must have rewritten this episode so many times there's been so much that's been going on within the last few weeks with regards to the pandemic the presidential election, and frankly, Trumpism. Now, one of the main points of this podcast is to provide a point of view or perspective of black folks at work or people of color at work. Two different things, by the way. I don't like how some people try to lump black people and people of color, you know, in the same category. Um... We'll, we'll go into that maybe a little bit later. But, you know, at this point, when people are talking about Donald Trump and, and Trump supporters and things like that, it's really beyond a political conversation. Um, because... There are Republicans, there are Democrats, and then there are Trump supporters. And I want to make the distinction clear because there are a lot of managers and leaders in corporate America that not only support Donald Trump, but they have Trump memorabilia and paraphernalia and flags and bumper stickers and things like that in the office on display, they openly talk about support for that individual. And I want to just talk very briefly on what that means to the black people in your office. And before we go the Candace Owens route, you know, yes, there there are some outliers out there. There are some black Trump supporters, uh, we definitely don't all think the same, but I am speaking from a general perspective. And frankly, to us, when we see Trump, when we see anything related to him, 
it, it puts us in a defensive state because frankly, a lot of what he represents is violence towards people that look like me or violence towards the brown community um, as well. Um, you know, saying that we're from shithole countries, uh, uh, referring to Mexicans as rapists and things like that. And, you know, four years ago, it was all brand new. We didn't really know a lot about how I really felt. But as we've seen year over year over year, there's been a lot of violence that has been caused by folks that support him. And, um, and this is beyond politics because you'll find that a lot of people that support him, they typically can't name specific policies of his that they endorse or that they stand by. Then you have this guy that is telling white supremacists to stand back and stand by. Uh, you, you've, you've got this guy who's supposed to be the head of state um, saying, you know, with regards to uh, the, the death of Heather Heyer, a civil rights activist, that there are fine people on both sides, right? And if you are a leader within an organization, you have to ask yourself, you have to ask yourself as a leader, what do we stand for as an organization? It's one thing to uh, either, it's, it's, I guess it's one thing to have a, have a stance that people of all political affiliations are welcomed, but it's another to accept the support of a, of a white supremacist. It's another to perpetuate and enable people that side and support a violent person into your workspace. I'm just going to leave it at that. If you are a, if you are a leader, if you're if you're a manager, if you're if you're a vice president, if you're an executive, if you're a CEO, you need to have a you need to have a clear understanding of what Trumpism is and what it means to your marginalized uh, groups of employees that work for you. Leaders, you have to ask yourself, especially those of you guys that are promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion right now, what do you stand for and what don't you stand for? Because a lot of you guys do have leaders out there that are actively supporting a white supremacist and it's it's not a good look. It's not a good look. It's beyond not a good look. I'll just leave it at that. I want to let you guys know this is actually the season finale of the only tip of the cookie 
We're going to take a brief hiatus. I've got some surprises coming for season two. Um, and also, I want to let you guys know, I am actively looking for a co-host of the show. I would love a black female co-host to also share a perspective. You only get my half, right? You only get the black male perspective of what it's like to be the only chip in the cookie. Um, I would love a black female co-host. So I'm putting those vibes out there right now. If anyone is listening to this and, and you, whether you have experience with hosting or podcasting or not, Hey, I didn't have any experience at all until I created this one. Um, but yes, I would love a female co-host, um, a black female co-host. So holler at me. Today's episode features a great friend of mine, Janelle Moore. She grew up with me in Des Moines, Iowa. We've known each other for a super long time. She's out in LA now. She's doing a bunch of amazing things. And I'm excited for you guys to learn all about her. All right. Welcome back to The Only Tip in the Cookie. Today, we've got a very special guest. This person, good friend of mine. I've known her pretty much all of my life. Ladies and gentlemen, Janelle Moore. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Janelle is one of my longest friends of all time. We're old, uh, so. <laughs> we, are, we are old. We are old. Um, Janelle, yes. this podcast, it's called The Only Chip in the Cookie. What does it mean? What does it mean to be the only chip in the cookie? And have you ever been the only chip in the cookie? I definitely have. I think, I mean, I think anyone who is a minority or you know, black, brown, I feel like there, there, there most likely has been a moment where you have been the only chip in the cookie for sure. And especially for us growing up where we grew up, you know, and it's just, um, but for me, it kind of even translates even more than just a racial thing, you know, I think it could also just be being around other people that can't relate to you, regardless of what, you know, that might be. So I definitely have been, I mean, whether it's a situation where I've been even at like a wedding where it was just all white people and I was the only black person you know that type of thing mm -hmm. um kind of feeling or just being with a group of people and you just feel out of place or there's certain things that they just you just can't relate to you know whether, whether it's culture wise and you know but yeah no definitely <laughs> yeah for sure for sure describe the I guess the racial makeup of your neighborhood or your community growing up and mm -hmm. Talk to me about like when you first became conscious of like race as even being a thing. As you know, and can relate to, I went to school in Johnson for, you know, my earlier grade school years. Um, and so it was my parents' decisions to transfer me to Des Moines Public Schools, which I'm so grateful for because they, they knew the importance also of, you know, being in a more diverse group um, of people. So um, in my neighborhood, I mean, the interesting thing is, is I, if you were to ask me about growing up grade school, middle school, and, you know, whether there was discrimination, and I don't know if it was just being the age, and maybe it was an ignorance is bliss type thing, you know, but I feel like I never really was aware of any of that, you know, like racism, I didn't feel like 
too out of place most of the time. I guess going to Meredith and Hoover, you know, I feel like we had a good mix of people, you know, students. Yeah. So we had, you know, different groups and I had a diverse group of friends, white, black, Asian, everything. So Indian, you know, so I feel like, and I feel like when I tell people I'm from Iowa, they assume that I was one of the only few black people, you know, yeah. obviously, but there's, and I always tell them, no, there's more, you know, black people there than you think there are. Mm-hmm. Um, but being aware, I mean, I think that there were times when I was younger, which I think a lot of girls growing up um, go through is like wanting to be, I wouldn't say wanting to be white, but wanting to have more white features, maybe, you know, especially as young women, I think like I wanted straight hair, I wanted my hair, you know, silky, I wanted to be skinnier, you know, like my white friends were, you know, and I think that was kind of, I kind of had issues accepting my black features sometimes, you know, during those adolescent ages, definitely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it's just kind of like, ram down everybody's throats you know <laughs> like all of the you know the disney princesses and the yeah. toys that were marketed towards girls you know yeah. um it was all about the bright blue eyes and the blonde hair and right. you know and so that's uh i know i know that you definitely weren't alone in that because um you know i can think of um you know, women in my family, you know, who, when they were girls, they struggled with, with that. And they only wanted to play with specific dolls and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it's, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a serious thing for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. It yep. is. Yeah. Yep. But I think, but then I also felt being, um, mixed, you know, it was kind of, I feel like there's also kind of that, phase maybe not everyone who is mixed race goes through it but it's kind of like oh you're more one than the other or you're not enough of this you know like oh you're not black enough or you know because she oh you're just mixed you know it's just kind of that's like another thing that also was an issue as well yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so so talk so you said you're mixed right (laughs) yes so i mean i i know your mom and dad obviously but (laughs) But talk to talk to the listeners about your parents. Okay. Um, like so their my mo- racial makeup or whatever. So my mother's Korean, um, but was born and raised in Japan. So culturally, we were more Japanese um, growing up. And my father is Black from the south side of Chicago. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Both of our dads, by the way, are from the south side of Chicago. I think that's pretty yep. cool. <laughs> Yeah. So, so Janelle, talk to us a little bit about you and, and who you are and a little bit about your, your life after Des Moines. Life after Des Moines. Well, I think for me, I knew since I was very young that I wanted to get out of Des Moines because I was very fortunate to travel a lot, um, mostly with my dad growing up. And I saw so many different places, so many different cultures. So I always knew that there was more out there. I mean, I love Des Moines with all my heart, obviously, you know, I love coming back. It's a great place. I mean, I wouldn't have wanted to grow up anywhere else, um, but I just knew that there was just more. I've always loved bigger cities. And so um, did I think I would end up in LA? No, I didn't. I just kind of ended up out here, Um, but I've always loved California. So um, I mean, after life after Des Moines, I just, I was in Arizona for a few years, um, then made my way further west. And now I work for a film. I have a very LA job. Um, 
<laughs> Every time someone asks me, they're like, wow, that's very LA. I work for a film studio and I'm a yoga instructor. <laughs> so oh, wow. very, yeah, very typical LA jobs. But, um, but I mean, I love it. I love it here. I just love, you know, there's the culture, the weather, obviously, it's just a whole different vibe, you know, yeah. a little more laid back and, um, not as family oriented as Des Moines, not that I'm not family oriented, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I think being, um, you know, the age that I am in single, no, you know, not married and kids, it's, it's not frowned upon as much out here as it would be back in the Midwest, I think, you know, so I feel a little bit more free, you know, or yeah. less judged maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So describe your neighborhood. What is it like in and compare it to the neighborhood you grew up in? Oh gosh. Um I love the neighborhood that I grew up in. I go by my old house all the time. Don't tell the owners that, but <laughs> the people that live there, like stalking them. Um, I think now it's it's so different because I live in a very walkable neighborhood. So I mean in Des Moines, it's like you couldn't really walk you know, a couple blocks and be, I mean, some places you could like go to the store and to a movie theater and, you know, let's have all these shops and everything, just walking distance. Um, and so the neighborhood that I am in now, it's very, you know, I can walk to Whole Foods across the street. I can go to all these little mom and pa shops, you know, everywhere. And there's um, hiking trail, there's mountains, you know, things like that. Um, just more outdoor activity. Yeah. What originally brought you out to Los Angeles. Um, well, so when I was in Arizona, I somehow um, started to develop an interest in film and television. Mm -hmm. So that actually was what kind of wanted me to move out here because obviously that's where the entertainment industry, you know, everything happens. So, um, which is funny because I studied sports management in college, used to love sports, don't yeah. like sports anymore. Like interests just change as you get older. It's, it's kind of weird, but so film and TV, I took some film classes at Arizona State, actually, and then I got a job. I knew that I couldn't move to L.A. without a job because it's so expensive here. You know, it's just it was too big of a risk to take. But I was actually able to transfer um, to a job with UCLA Health that was comparable to the job that I had in Arizona at the time. And then I kind of just fell into film. <laughs> so I got kind of lucky, I would say, because it is a lot about like who you know and, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Didn't I see you on the silver screen maybe a few years ago? Gosh. You yeah. and you and some celebrities. Yes, you did. And I so that that was a really <laughs> fun experience. Um I'm well, a tell weird, us what it, tell us what it was. Okay. I'm a weird pop culture wit like whiz. I don't know why. I just have knowledge about celebrity names, who they're dating, what everything about them. And so I thought, okay, maybe I can put this to good use. And so I was on a TV show called Hollywood Game Night. Um, and you play with celebrities on your team and it's just like pop culture games and everything. And it was really fun experience. It was weird seeing myself on TV, <laughs> but, uh, it was a lot of fun though. Yeah. So who was on your team? Um, on my team, it was Mel B, Scary Spice, oh. um, Pete Wentz and Kevin Nealon and Pete Wentz, like he killed it. He's pretty much one for me. And then we played against Nisi Nash, Shedrick Dan Entertainer, and Ming Na Wen. And they were all so great. It was so fun. We got to drink like while we were doing the show. It was one of those shows. So yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. That's crazy. And your team won? <laughs> yes. We won. So, so you got a check? Yes. Yes. Oh hell yeah. 
nice. Yeah. So it was really nice. It was fun. And it was funny because I, when I, I thought to myself, oh, it's kind of funny that I, you know, got this check, you know, using some of it to pay off these student loans, you know, <laughs> using, using knowledge that I didn't even learn in college. You know, it was just like, it was just kind of funny using random pop culture knowledge to win money, you know, but yeah. it was really fun. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Have you ever thought about doing more TV or? Um, you know, actually, I was on another game show. <laughs> it aired like a couple of weeks ago, but I didn't tell too many people about it. Uh, so you're, wait a minute. So you're dropping an exclusive. I know. Exclusive. exclusive. Some, well, some people caught it and they saw me on it. My sister posted on Facebook, which I didn't like really want her to, um, but it was Wheel of Fortune. And that was. What? <laughs> I know. I'm like, I was just on, it's just no big deal. It was only Will of Fortune, but that was like my dream game show though. Like I watched that show with my mom since I was, you know, little and it was just like, I've always wanted to go on. We did auditions. It was all during COVID too. So we did the auditions via Zoom and then we filmed it, you know, a few months ago, but all social distancing, masks, you know, all of that. So uh, it was a really cool experience. I didn't do as well as I did on the other show, but it was still fun. <laughs> Wow. I know. So how so like when you spun that wheel, did it almost break your back? It looks yeah, like it's heavy it's, as hell. It's really it's heavy, but it's a lot smaller than um you think it is. It's interesting. It's small, but it is heavy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my god. I'll have to find like a clip or something and like show you, but I I didn't even remind people, like even my immediate family. Like I told my sister, I think 15 minutes before it was airing, and she wasn't even at home. She was so mad at me, <laughs> but they ended up taping it. But I didn't really even tell a lot of people or remind them. I was just like, well, whatever. Did you not tell anybody because you sucked at it? <laughs> that No, that wasn't really the reason. <laughs> and I didn't suck, no. <laughs> the wheel wasn't my friend that day. <laughs> oh, okay. But um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I just kind of, it's one of those things. And I know I advertised the last time, but as I've gotten older, I almost yeah. feel like I'm, I feel more private or something. I just feel yeah. weird just like, advertising myself like I just have a hard time with social media to begin with so it's just mm -hmm. I was just like well I'm not gonna just do, you know put this so yeah yeah I get it <laughs> never saw it saw it <laughs> yep yep when if you know you know mm -hmm. <laughs> well uh well well I I was not in the know um <laughs> <laughs> so but I'll I'll do some uh I'll do a little google search and I'm sure I'll be able to might be on YouTube or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. I want to talk about your um, interest and your transition into yoga. Um, and, you know, so a lot of folks that grew up with us, you know, they know you as, you know, being an athlete <laughs> and um, definitely a, a, a baller on the court, you know. So I wasn't necessarily surprised to see you, to see that you were like getting into yoga and practicing in, pra yeah. I can't talk, practicing <laughs> yoga. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm really intrigued uh, by the fact that you're teaching now and kind of where you're teaching and, and what your mission is. So talk to us about this yoga experience. No, definitely. So it started about, I would say, five years ago now what I'm like what I can't even keep track of time anymore um, <laughs> so I so the reason why so there was a, a 
a period over a few months where I was actually going in and out of the doctor's office doing a bunch of tests because they thought that I may have had an autoimmune disease of some kind because just yeah just weird test results and things were happening and so um, I kind of just did some research and about you know what I could do to reduce inflammation and everything and so yoga just kept coming up and so I said okay let me just try you know try this yoga thing so I just started taking classes, you know, and, and I feel like I kind of had that same um, mentality about it or expectations, you know, it's all this like foo-foo, you know, like it's like you're just stretching. It doesn't do anything else. You're, you're just stretching, you know, so I was kind of hesitant and I didn't think because, you know, being, you know, more athletic and always doing, you know, more cardio and lifting weights and things like that. It was totally different from anything I've done. So um, but I started to do it and I, I just kind of fell in love with it. And I realized it did kind of help me feel, you know, just more calm, more balanced, more, um, just patient, um, which is interesting just doing a, you know, a practice and how it can really affect your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but then interestingly, I, like everything was fine at the doctor. Like I, since I've done yoga and I'm not saying this is why, and that this right. is a <laughs> but I have been having, you know, my visits have been totally fine. Like there's nothing, everything's been, it's just been different. So it, I definitely think it has helped. It is great for health and which is a lot to do with just like your mental health, you know, and yeah. stress can cause so much on your body. So I think just relieving that stress and taking time to breathe and everything. So um, I just fell in love with it so much though, that I wanted to, you know, learn more about it. And even when I took training, I thought, am I going to actually be a teacher? It was kind of more just learning more about yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I thought, oh, I could, I think I can do this. So then I started teaching and I just yeah. really loved it. And I think it's, for me, it's more about just the experience and continuing learning as a teacher and a student, because since I do work full time, you know, like yoga is not my full time career. So I don't depend on money for it. So I do a lot of volunteer teaching as well, which mm-hmm. I love. Yeah. Now, is it true that you were teaching yoga at a women's prison? Actually, a men's prison. A men's prison? <laughs> yes. Oh, my you God. Assumed, you assume, I know. Everyone assumes that it's a women's prison. But it's, I know. It's, yeah, it's a it's California state prison. Um, there's a really, really great organization I became involved with called Prison Yoga and Meditation that I just found randomly. And I thought, oh, this sounds like a really interesting, you know, population to teach yoga too so I did the training and everything and I've gone there a few times and it's so so rewarding it's interesting because I'd never been in a prison before yeah um, but I never felt intimidated or scared or anything like that and all of the men were really respectful and um, they just love it they really love the yoga um, so it's, it's definitely a cool, a different experience, but then you kind of also think like, Oh, what are these, what are they in here for? You know, <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. we can't do certain things. Like I can't wear tight yoga clothes. We have rules, you know, <laughs> so certain poses aren't appropriate. <laughs> okay. So no, uh, no downward dog. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's great though. Yeah. And I also teach at, um, well did before COVID, um, the Midnight Mission, which is a homeless shelter downtown, which is also great. Um, and it's, and I also just thought it was important to, um, like, I think people just have certain beliefs about people that are homeless, you know, like, oh, they're all drug addicts or this and that. But every, I feel like so many have a different story, you know, and we don't yeah. really know what happened. So I just wanted to learn more. I've connected with a few of the people staying there, actually. 
um, I actually text with one like almost every day. Um, really cool. And yeah, and so, and he's always like talked about how he misses doing yoga and everything. So it's just really, it's just really rewarding. It's just all about helping, you know, other yeah. people. Yeah, that's, you know, I feel like um, I'm seeing a lot of like black folks gravitating towards yoga and meditation recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned something about um, meditating earlier too. So is that, is that a part of your kind of like your self-care process or? You know, I need to meditate more. I will admit that. Um, And I'm one of those people that does find it hard to kind of just stop thinking about things, you know, overthinking or just being still. So I, I use yoga as my meditation Mm -hmm. um, because I feel like when I, um, doing, you know, doing the class, it's interesting. And that was one of the things that I did notice, which is what I fell in love with it. It was like, if I did a class for an hour, no matter what was going on before I got there or everything, it was almost like for that hour, it was just gone. Like I was so focused on, you know, the class or the pose, or it could be challenging. So you're so focused on breathing and doing the poses that you kind of just forget about everything else. And so I was like, wow, like I didn't even think about anything, you know, for that whole hour. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get into yoga? Did you just like start watching videos on YouTube? Did you go to a gym? I actually went, started going to, and luckily for being in LA, obviously there's so many yoga studios to choose from. (laughs) So I kind of just went through each one and did the free week special. No, no, I I just tried out a few and you kind of just see what you like, you know, and everything like that. Um, But yeah, I just like started to go in person. And that's another thing I have, I've done videos online occasionally, but I'm more of like that in person to person interaction. Um, and that's why it's also been difficult for me to teach via Zoom now, <laughs> you know, like teaching through a video. It's just like a totally different experience, not being there. Um, and as teachers, we, you know, we adjust and we touch people, which we can't do anymore yeah. we'll for a while. So it's just a very different um it's different now. Yeah. Okay. How long have you been teaching? Um, I've been teaching for three years now, almost three oh my years. Gosh. I know. It's so weird. I feel like it was last year or something. Yeah. <laughs> hmm So do you, and you, I know this is kind of a part-time thing, but do, do you teach uh, multiple times a week or... I do. I right now I used to teach at a studio a few times a week. Um, but since they closed down, I just have a couple of private clients that I teach a couple of just so two times a week normally. Or I do special events like I did a bachelorette thing on the beach yesterday. So yeah, just yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty fun. Oh my god. People can always contact me if they ever have any questions about it or if they do want to do a video oh, yeah. session, you know, things like that. So I'm always open to that. Okay, so I got some questions about yoga. Okay. First of all, who can do it? Who <laughs> can do it? Um, anyone. Pretty much everyone. And it's funny because people always have excuses and they're like, oh, I'm not, no, I'm not going to be good at it and flexible, but it's not really a thing you're like good at, you know? I mean, it's kind of just everyone has their own practice and they go their own pace and everyone's different. They get different things out of it. Um, but yeah, absolutely anyone. I teach women that are like 65 and over. I teach younger people. I teach incarcerated men. So I mean, every, absolutely everyone yeah. can do it. Okay. 
All right. <laughs> and so, and you talked about, you said you started doing yoga mm -hmm. and you know, you were, you were getting some positive effects, but I guess in general, like, what do people use yoga for? What are, what are some of the, some of the typical benefits that come from being a yogi like you? <laughs> yogi like me. Um, typical. I mean, I think just, I think one of the things is just releasing stress and tension, you know, because I, there's like everything in our body is all related to, you know, stress we could have it in our like sometimes we're just like shrugging our shoulders I don't know if you've ever realized that like your shoulders are just like tense and then they're not really relaxed like I've catched myself sometimes doing that throughout the day and it's just like we hold certain things will just you know tighten up when we feel certain you know anxieties and things like that so just like letting that go and like even just stretching even doing just like simple stretches in the morning or before you go to bed I think it just has a very positive effect and just dealing with um I mean, breathing's important too. You know how people say like, okay, just slow down, just take a breath, like breathe um, yeah. a few deep breaths, you know, cause it actually does do something. So when you practice that breath in yoga, I think you're able to more handle, handle stress, you know, and deal with certain situations. Um, and yeah, that's, I would say those are probably the two major things. Well, for me anyway, it is different for <laughs> everyone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. So do you teach yoga with anyone or is it is it just the Janelle show or <laughs> it's just the Janelle show. I know. No, well I do have a, a good friend of mine, Brittany. She's also a fellow yoga teacher of mine. Um she's also black as well. And like I got a big old smile on my face, but um <laughs> when I said that, no, I love her so much. But we talked about starting a YouTube channel or is doing some type of partnership we've talked about it we haven't really um gotten into details about it yet but it's something that we both would really enjoy doing and i think yeah. we would be good good partners for that so definitely thinking about it yeah i think the world needs it i've seen you know um some of some of your work because i follow you on social media oh. <laughs> um i definitely think that you're you're a great teacher so I you post like that. once a year <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. I <laughs> post very often. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you, though, for... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you bet. You bet. So, well, I just think that this is... Uh, it's it's always... First of all, it's always great to uh, connect with you and to connect with a fellow Hoover Husky. <laughs> yes. um, I'm very proud of your... Um, new yoga endeavor and it's fascinating stuff it really is i don't know how you do half of those things <laughs> so <laughs> so um so if we want to connect um more people your way or send people your ways in terms of uh, uh wanting to learn more about yoga or perhaps um take an online lesson or something like that how can they find you um, for now, you can find me on, I'm like looking at my name again on <laughs> uh, my Instagram is JJ underscore Zen two. That's where you can find me. You can send me a message, anything like that. Um, I could give my email too, I guess, but 
those are pretty much the two ways to contact me. JJ underscore what? Zen. Zen. Z-E-N. Ah, gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Okay. JJ yeah. underscore Zen two. Yes. And I usually, if you can't find me, then that means I'm not on Instagram <laughs> anymore. Because <laughs> I take lots of, I take long breaks occasionally. I'm trying to do better. I'll probably stick with it for a little while, but it's just, it's just a distraction and it's kind of difficult for me to get into social media. So. Let's talk about those social media breaks. I'm taking oh, one yeah. too. Yeah, I de- I deactivated my Facebook account like maybe two months ago, maybe three months mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So oh, I love it. <laughs> and, and you, yeah. So, so why do you love it, and why do you do it? Um. Well, for me, honestly, the only reason why I got back on was to advertise yoga because I feel like there's really these days that's just like the the easiest way to send out, you know, it's just marketing. All, all the companies do it, you know, it's just easy. It's just, that's what we do. Um, but I've just had, I just have a hard time. I feel like I've generally always been a pretty private person. And so I've just never really been super active, maybe in college when I first got on Facebook, but I just never felt, feel the need to share everything I'm doing all the time. So I just figure what's the point of being on there. But then I also feel like I'm missing out on things or information. And even if it's news, you know, type stuff, I learn about it like later or something. Cause like Twitter and all that stuff, you know, things just happen so fast. Um, but I just kind of feel like I'm old school. I'm like, don't belong in this generation. You know, I just can't get into the technology, the social media, the posting, everything, sharing everything. It's just, it's just overwhelming for me. And I, and it is a distraction because you kind of fall down this rabbit hole. Like you see one post, then you lead to another. And then like five hours later, <laughs> like I've been on Instagram. So instead of when I take those breaks, it's nice because if I don't have those apps, then I'm like, oh, let me study Japanese now instead, you know? So I just do more productive things with my time when I'm not connected on social media. Word. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I had to get rid of it. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, how has it been for you? Well, yeah, fantastic. I mean, so I got off of Facebook and, um, and it just got so disappointing, you know, when you would, be cool with somebody and then you uh, see something that they post or something that they liked and then in in what I hate is like when you read someone's status and then mm-hmm. you think about it when you're still like scrolling <laughs> right because uh-huh. then the, what that means is that like some random thought that popped in so, into somebody's head um now that's on your brain mm-hmm. and, but <laughs> right why I don't need to have your stupid thoughts in my head, you know. <laughs> your stupid thoughts, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so especially like when it's yeah, when it's one that's disappointing or one that lets you down, you know. And mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, there were so many other parts of life, you know, like, you know, under this, you know, kind of climate that we're living in right now, that it was just like, I can't really take any more negativity. Mm-hmm. So right. Oh yeah. Um, so much negativity. Arguing. Right. Like it's just, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's People no so conversations. Bold. No. Right. Rules. Right. People are so bold behind their phone or computer, you know, like typing whatever. Right. But, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's been, it's been great. Um, you know, I've got um, Instagram that I use to um, try to keep things going with the podcast and, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I post, uh, try to post things that, that are leaning towards anti-racist and stuff like mm-hmm. that, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and I like to, I do like to post pictures of like, you know, my kids being cute. Um, <laughs> yeah. so I do that on my, they always are. <laughs> on my, <laughs> oh, please. They're, they're wild. The perfect technology age was the, uh, black planet days. Oh, do yeah, you don't I even did. want to see my black planet page. <laughs> I, I saw my profile recently and I was just like, who was I? <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> oh my gosh I love Black Planet you know Black Planet really taught us all how to do a little bit of coding I know I was just thinking that like making songs doing backgrounds all of that I don't yeah. I don't know who I had to do mine I had somebody do my page they should have been charging people for that <laughs> it, was so, either, it was either me or it was either me or Dustin Roberts <laughs> probably <laughs> yeah well Janelle it's been a pleasure yeah, so much fun so much fun catching up so proud of you thank you you so much for joining thanks so much for joining the show for for being a part of it of course anytime (laughs) i'm so glad you're doing this show oh thank you very important (laughs) well you know gotta let people know what's going on Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah